0: Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Omni Studio. Omni Studio is the most advanced on-demand audio management and publishing platform. You can find them at omnistudio.com. They're based out of Melbourne, Australia, and we'll hear from the CEO in the middle of the show. Adriana Flores Regartes. This was her first podcast movement. I met with her as things were rolling. She has a fascinating story. She grew up in Mexico. She came to the States at the age of 12 and settled in California. I do think Adriana had a strong educational background and she ended up getting a degree from uh, Claremont College helping out there. She worked during school. I dug into a little bit more detail in how she learned English so quickly.
1: Um, I remember when I was learning English reading my books with a flashlight after everyone went to sleep and I would read the dictionary I think one summer my grandmother got mad at me because I was reading the Bible (laughs) for like the whole summer which you know back then I didn't know that I was going to be talking about Job when I was in college you know as part of literature.
0: So you picture Adriana uh, reading, 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 working, 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 and uh, that was based on a couple of things that she found out from where she lived in California.
1: Growing up in Orange County, I think it was part of the narrative that mm-hmm. you know, you, you, in order for you to be successful, you had to get rid of your accent in some way. Uh, and I remember telling one of my mentors one t- one day when I when I left college or right after college, I'm like. You know, I, I have this accent when I get nervous that like, my accent comes out. And he looked at me and he said, your accent is part of your identity. It's part of who you are. So if it comes out, let it come out. So it's but it's been a work in progress.
0: And she's been helped by different folks throughout her career, but she works hard to serve folks. And she ended up in where else would you really want to serve folks but the Red Cross. And that's when things really started to get interesting in our interview.
1: When I moved up to the Red Cross, I think my experiences um, helped me lead a department.
0: What was that first day leading a department like?
1: You know, I had a wonderful boss, and uh, at that point uh, I was in charge of developing a system for volunteer recruitment at the Red Cross and also overseeing the uh, social services department. So I ended up hiring someone and and working with someone that was maybe twice my age. So it was a little intimidating at first, but you know, I I work with amazing people, amazing volunteers, because the kind of people that volunteer for the Red Cross are really smart individuals that get to a point in their life where they want they just want to give back give back so for me I learned as much from them um, as you know I hope that they <laughs> they also learned from me so it was challenging but it was something once again it was a new challenge for me
0: I have Sharon Taylor here from Omni Studios what does Omni Studios do Sharon
1: Omni Studios is an enterprise podcast host Measurement, monetization, podcast hosting, sharing, distribution, the whole nine yards. That's what Omni does.
0: And you have an Australian accent because you're from?
1: New England. No, Australia.
0: Melbourne, Australia.
1: That's, yep, 30 hours away.
0: If I'm a company that's thinking about doing a enterprise type podcast, you're the guys to do it.
1: I would hope so. Yeah, for sure. When you're ready to take your audio to the next level, that's Omni Studio.
0: You don't deal with the content, but you take care of everything downstream.
1: Correct. We're Switzerland in terms of ads and content. So whatever you want to make and however you want to monetize it, we'll help you do that. Otherwise, we're just the tech play. So the best tech in the business.
0: Great. Omnistudios.com. I don't know if people remember what it was like right after 9-11, but you could imagine that Adriana was involved after 9-11 since she was with the American Red Cross. Uh, And that was true. And But if you kind of remember, kind of have a context, there was no flights. Everybody was in shock. The world had changed around this. Uh, But Adriana had skills in helping. She had skills with her bilingual skills and be able to speak to Spanish folks. So she was called to help, and she got one of the first flights from San Jose to New York City.
1: I was very shocked and changed by what I saw after September 11 because I happened to be one of the first volunteers that left San Jose um, when, you know, they had a flight moratorium. And Uh, then one of the first flights that took off was one of the ones that I took to go to 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 New York to serve in the disaster relief operation there as as a volunteer recruiter. And I worked with Amazing people. Yeah, I was working with the disaster relief operation there. So, um,
0: what was that first day like getting there? Because there's got to be so much emotion and everything else going on.
1: It it was scary.
0: Yeah, she ended up. uh, She was scared, and she ended up running a letter to her husband before she left on that trip.
1: But I found the note that I had written to my husband because we got married uh, July seventh of two thousand and one. And September 11 happened. So I remember, like, writing him this note about, you know, if I don't come back, if something happens, or like, this is this means a lot to me that you're letting, you know, that you're letting me go in a way because I was going somewhere where you don't, you didn't know if we were gonna have a second terrorist attack or not. And I remember being there on site, and we would have all kinds of bomb scares where everybody would have to go somewhere and the alarms would would ring.
0: But just being at ground zero wasn't her job. She had to do something very specific to help out folks.
1: And for me, it was a very humbling experience because I was able, there, I was able to be there and serve others and, and also use my bilingual skills because I remember yeah. one of the most traumatic experiences, yet rewarding experiences, was when I was asked to help families walk to the DNA area. So they, they went and and it was like a red carpet. And um, we were in one of the piers Um, and we walked the families to give their DNA. And it was kind of like a very solemn thing to do.
0: So the connection with podcasting is there was a lot of folks that were in that line that were giving their DNA that had to tell their stories of their loved ones, so this is where the idea germinated from to get started on podcasting and storytelling.
1: I was there, and I was providing also translation services because you don't have, you know, we 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 didn't have as many people, as many professionals, mental health professionals that spoke Spanish. So when you're sitting there and you're listening to the stories and you're doing the translation, the stories that you're hearing that you're hearing are really impacting you and and you're
0: not just providing the service it's being filtered through your brain and everything exactly.
1: else exactly so you know that's when i thought about you know wow the stories are really powerful i wish i could do something about that
0: yeah and storytelling podcasting never really left her she saw the power of hearing people's stories and how it really touched her during the 911 crisis And she ended up going back to education, and she worked there.
1: Moved my life forward to, I worked at the College Board for um, about 11 years. And College Board is well known for the SAT, PSAT, advanced placement courses and I moved into the into the ed space and I, I returned to the education space and that was also a very rewarding experience so I heard a lot of stories I you know I worked with some amazing educators I had one of my mentors is um, James Montoya who was a former Dean of Admissions at Stanford and you know worked in uh, as a Vice Provost of stu- Student Affairs there and is now at the College Board still but Seeing their trajectory and hearing their stories was something that once again impacted me. And then I moved on to Univision because I wanted to work, I wanted to scale scale our impact. So what better way to scale your impact than by sharing the stories with thousands and thousands of people through through the campaigns that we did. So I worked on uh, primarily social media, I'm sorry, social impact campaigns focus on education. So it was just a great experience for me to scale my my impact.
0: Storytelling, podcasting, where can she help? Well, this is what she figured out to do.
1: And then I had been thinking about you know the storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I live in an area right now, I live in Palo Alto, where we've been in that area, in the Bay Area, for about 20 years. And we haven't seen much change in terms of diversity in uh, in the tech industry so instead of like point, we haven't and my mm-hmm. husband has worked for you know tech companies the whole time he's now, is he
0: whole Latino no
1: nope, my husband speaks Spanish perfectly but his um, family's from India and uh-huh. he was he was born in Canada and raised in Kentucky but he learned Spanish at MIT and computer science in Spanish and um, but it was just really interesting um, to see just The efforts that were being made and uh, the progress that that still needed to be made um, in order to to get more more Latinos into into the industry.
0: All right, sounds like she has all the pieces she has. She just has to put them all together. But podcasting is a little bit of a challenge. But the guys, Jared and Dan, are there to help eventually.
1: I started learning about podcasting and, and I was trying to figure out how to share stories because um, you often hear people when we talk about diversity say if you, if you see it, you can be it. So for me, it's oh, like right, if you right, can right. hear it, you can be it. You, if you can mm-hmm. hear someone, like I just interviewed Hector Mujica from from Google.org. Um, he has a powerful story. I, I interviewed Marisela Garcia Marquez, who was at Iver- who's at Iverus and she founded her own vehicle.
0: What's a Riveros?
1: Iveros, it, she founded a um, Uh, a VC or she's working with with VC companies to try to get funding for entrepreneurs so you're hearing these powerful stories you're hearing their personal journey but you're also hearing you tidbits of information and advice of how other people can get there and if they were able to, to do it
0: I don't know about you but I get excited every time I see somebody get so passionate about what they're doing
1: Maybe those that are listening can either do a career change or maybe those that are listening have children that, you know, will follow that path or those that are listening could be high school students.
0: I love the way Andriana talks about creating this strategic partnership.
1: I just formed a partnership with an organization called Parent Engagement Academy, it's based out of Los Angeles, and they work with different school districts um, in in doing a seven week parent empowerment program. So Mm -hmm. they're using my podcast to the the Spanish version of the podcast, and they're letting the parents know if you want your child to, you know, to move into um, the STEM fields or work for a tech company, this might be something that you might want to listen to. How
0: much sleep do you get a (laughs) night?
1: Well, I have two children. I have a nine-year-old girl and a six-year-old boy. So, no, I don't get very much sleep. And uh, well,
0: hopefully, you'll get a little bit of sleep here this week. But tell us, uh, what do you really want to get out of podcast movement? You've only been here like half a day, but what do you want to get out of podcast movement? Would you say?
1: Well, so far, I've been to two sessions and um, I've been very imp- impressed with the content, with the quality of the content. I've been able to meet you know, maybe about 20 people and exchange information. So um, here. You're going
0: to get less sleep.
1: <laughs> less <laughs> sleep. So 20. Um, so, so I want to, I want to increase the relationship building. I want to learn as much as I can learn. And I want to be able to implement some of the strategies that people here are sharing.
0: Sounds like Adriana had a great idea. She had the motivation to do it, but she also needed a little bit of help, and this is where Jared and Dan come in.
1: Um, the way I launched my podcast, actually, and and I didn't say this earlier, but I work with Podcast Movement, the the challenge, the thirty day challenge, oh, right, yeah. and I was one of the winners of the thirty day challenge. And in thirty days, I went from concept to actually launching, you know, the, this podcast.
0: So Adriana has some goals about the podcast, of course, and here's uh, what I asked her about. And no, I didn't laugh.
1: Through the podcast, I can inspire others. Um, You're going to laugh, but and I know I've been doing this for less than two months, but um, I want to go back to the community. I work very closely with the local station, the local Univision station, which Univision is one of the largest Spanish media companies in in the country. So I want to go back and actually teach a course for young kids so we can hear their voice too.
0: Well, there you have it. Uh, Adriana started just in May, well, 30 days before she launched in May and got the scholarship, launched, attended podcast movement. And then I wanted to find out how did podcast movement how did podcast movement affect her afterwards so i reached out to her this week
1: bill my biggest takeaway from podcast movement was that it really opened my eyes to like a world of possibilities the sessions were like extremely informative and they really allowed me to see what other podcasters are doing to expand their impact so for example some of them are writing books and creating other digital content which you know, I didn't really think think about as I was launching my podcast. Um, Also, I spent time meeting with every single exhibitor, which is how I won the scavenger hunt. And um, But most importantly, in terms of those conversations, is that I'm now using products like Squadcast and Sonics that are really allowing me to create better content and save a lot of time. And I had not, had it not been for me going to, the different exhibit booths and talking to people, I wouldn't have found these products. Um, and then finally, I'm so excited about PM 2019 that I bought a pass um, for my husband to come with me because he knows how excited I am about what I'm doing with my podcast. And I really want him to be part of the experience as well. So um, overall podcast movement totally rock. And I'm really excited to go to next year's
0: and there you have it uh thank you so much to adriana flores regardless and latinx is on itunes everywhere else you get your podcast and thanks to omni studio for all your enterprise podcast needs and check out podcastmovement.com to get your tickets for orlando 2019 you can meet all these folks and maybe you can win the scavenger hunt this year